Jesus Christ. What? That song is so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Yes, it is. <clears throat> Cover of the Smashing Pumpkins Perfect by uh, MJ Linderman and Wednesday. Yeah. 2018 from their EP, How Do You Let the Love Into the Heart That Isn't Split Wide Open? Yeah. Hmm. Good question. I guess uh, I through the pre-existing holes. Uh, yeah, so through the specific valves designed for uh, ingress. Yeah. I mean, or the nerves, I, I guess, that connected to the brain, you know. That'd yeah. be my answer to the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> perfect is a, uh, well, it's a near-perfect 90s rock song. That's all I'll say about mm. it. That's a cover of song. Uh, did we say that already? You said that already. Damn it. Fuck. Shit. It's okay. People need to know. Yeah. <clears throat> Recognize. That, that cover is really clapping them cheeks. Let me tell you. Is that Paul? Now, Paul, it does clap my heart. Does the uh, uh, when you say clapping them cheeks, is the clapping mm. the cheeks? You're clapping you're, you're against your each ass other. Clap against each other. Yeah. Okay. In the, in, in the fashion in which you know large bottomed strippers do. So you, it's not, it's not from the, th- the thrusting from a partner is not required no in no. fact you can do it uh as a solo display for others okay that's see that's what i figured but i, I feel like i i i you know the, the, the mm-hmm. other usage is allowed yeah well i mean now you know what to call it when you see it at home yes true <laughs> yeah my the other names i had for it seem inappropriate now uh, um, uh, <clears throat> Paul, um, I, you know, uh, I wanted to make sure we could play audio on this episode because uh, our hard work has uh, paid off. Uh, okay. We've been granted exclusive interviews with three members of the Smashing Pumpkins uh, to announce big news uh, in the form of three different voicemails that they've they've left me. Um, oh shit. Here, oh let God. me let me send you. Uh, I'll send you the one, the link from the one from Billy, to uh, to play first. All right. So you just all right. Just... Look, guys. I know you aren't fans of the style we're presenting on Autumn, but it's all just some big joke. We're making Siamese Dream Two as we speak. Lots of soft, hushed vocals, low in the mix, cranked up big muff guitars, and Jimmy going full pelt with his classic snare sound. Oh, and Darcy is back. Yeah, boy, ye. Dude, that is that's amazing, right? That's so this cool. Is crazy news. Finally, Siamese Dream 2. Giving up the titles of innovators back back in Yeah, the I got he seems to have his uh, poetic voice back too, just the way he's he's speaking. He does. He does. Phrase. Yeah, and uh he seems he seems youthful again, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so now we've That's amazing. Jimmy also, Jimmy, um, you know, he wanted to chime in and talk about the current project, uh, Autumn, uh, and Would a I little know bit. what Jimmy sounds like? Unlikely. Yeah, so, but here, here he is. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm. To be honest, I couldn't be bothered listening to most of that shit on Autumn, man. I mean, it all sounds like the same song, so I just 
I just loop beginner drums number one over everything. Only the real freaks, you Netphoria people, are even listening to track 12 off disc three at this point, right? Damn. That's a little harsher wow. than I thought. Whoa. Wow. I mean, I always suspected that he, like, you know, kind of saw through all of Billy's bullshit and was just like, whatever. What else am I going to do? Um, yeah, but, uh, man. I didn't expect him to say it, basically. God. You know cash in those checks um but uh maybe that's why they're moving towards siamese dream too uh yeah finally uh i thought we want to get a little perspective in the last few years from uh mr james eha himself so Mm -hmm. he left me a longer message uh let's listen to that one here you go uh uh yeah i swore to myself i would never work with billy again after i saw a distinct shift in the way he was treating people including uh, myself, after choosing a life of baldness. In 2016, my wife and I were joking around about how insanely attractive and posh I look in every bit of media produced from my stint in the Smashing Pumpkins, especially when compared to the notorious frontman himself. I thought that even now, pushing age uh, 50, haha, that I could pull this off, and I wasn't just going to let dumb Jimmy steal all the spotlight. I love taking a paycheck from a narcissist just to be comfortably transported from arena to arena and be the best-looking person on the stage. Oh, and for fans excited for the Machina reissue, that's not happening because Linda Strawberry is suing Billy over the art she made for it. The project is over. <laughs> wow. Spilling the truth here. Yeah, fully fully black pill, really, with James. Yeah, you know, um, I, I, it's a little... Uh... Uh, it's it cuts to the to the to the to the quick, but uh, I can't I can't blame him. No, thirty five years of uh, taking a check from a narcissist will do that to you. God, yeah, wow. Com- comfortably transported from arena to arena. That's a that's the way to put it, James. Uh huh. Wow. Okay. Man. Well, there you go. It's really, I, uh, uh, it's actually refreshing, you know, just to hear that they all sort of understand. Mm-hmm. They, um, they know they 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 know the that they need to be doing. <laughs> they, they need really, to be retreading old artistic ground. They really do. Um, uh, and I not mean, in the sense of extending any concept stories from previous albums that were not there. I may have uh, one more uh, little thing from Billy that he slipped into us. And I think oh, wow. we should we should listen to it. Hold on, let me let me see if I can and get this here. All right, jeez. Um, no, so far. Uh, okay. Well, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna send the link over here. Oh, you got it. All right. Hold on. We're ready. I can't wait to hear what Billy has to say. I mean, uh, one voicemail from Billy was, you know, not expected, but, um. I could get used to it, especially with all the news he's given so far. Here today. we go. We, you, you don't feel There's don't fucking link. <laughs> don't feel obliged to, to play this whole thing, but you know, you, use your judgment. Okay, we'll see. Uh, yes, we'll trust that domain too. All right. One, two, three, into the four. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the door ready to make an entrance, so back on up. 
Because you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a mm-hmm. bubble Compton and Long Beach together. Now you know you in trouble ain't nothing but a G-thang, baby. Two locked out niggas, so we're crazy. <laughs> okay, Billy. Oh, my. Wow, Billy. Maybe oh. in the 90s. <laughs> well, then. Whoa. Wow. Uh, I don't know. We might have just gotten Billy canceled. Yeah, that's uh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Um, Man, hot mics are dead. They don't matter anymore. They really, they really don't. Uh, folks, I got to say that uh, although these clips are uh, totally real, um, <laughs> uh, that if you wanted to do uh, something just like this, um, you'd need to go back a few weeks ago and uh, use the uh, site Eleven Labs uh, for Prime Voice AI um, because uh, I think it recently got shut down or limited for <laughs> some real celebrities got their voices uh, imitated. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you know it's well, impressive. It. Yeah, again, what? Uh, so what? You don't own <laughs> putting yeah. sounds together. <laughs> this is why I th- I totally aligned. Uh, uh, yes, you should be able to make Billy Corgan say whatever you want him to say. And uh, it's just completely impractical to ban it. So, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty. Uh, <laughs> pretty and people cool. will have plenty of material. I mean, like, yeah, you can make me say the N-word all day long now. You've got tons of material of us talking that is true yes this podcast has set us up to basically uh be deep faked into oblivion yeah uh you probably need like 10 episodes of it to just totally yeah you could fake a whole podcast too you kind of get us reacting to each other we should yeah you just let's do that we should just we should go to chat gpt (laughs) and say uh yeah, give me write a conversation lasting sixty minutes between two jackasses about, about the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> about Radio the Smashing Ed. Pumpkins. Um, have them continually talk about how they would like to talk about other things, but not do so. And then, yeah, we just feed that into the noise um, generators. We could just have a twenty-four hour broadcast station of uh, automatically generated uh, Savage Beast content. Uh, fresh oh, every man. second oh man that would actually be awesome <laughs> you just tune in and our bots are just you know saying things like oh billy and then you get bored you leave i did i did listen to uh someone fed siamese dream into ai to ge- i don't know i don't know if that was the only input but they're trying to generate a new siamese dream it didn't really work but there hmm. were like 30 second portions of it which sort of showed uh, i think the clear probability that it is going to work uh sometime um, not that it's going to be interesting good yeah. but that it will be i mean it will be like if you it'll wanted, be as good as bush yes if you wanted like generic instrumental like silver sun pickups side yeah. level pumpkins rip off yeah you'll be able to generate that no being a mediocre art producer is not going to be that valuable at least in t- i mean the thing is it was already completely worthless to record um that level of music uh in terms of its monetary value directly um 
you can still play live. People will still want to see you do that. Well, that's, I mean, the thing is, like, as someone who in his professional capacity has to listen to, like, dozens of dog shit stock music tracks to find even one semi-usable one, it's, like, to be able to click, like, 10 boxes and then have, like, 50 uh, possibilities generated, you know, would be so much Well, you'll just be, you'll just be fiddling with sliders and stuff, like, you know, more peppy. Yes, yes. More Uh, sexless. Yes. More corporate. That's my favorite thing about the stock music website is like a lot of the tracks are tagged corporate and you're like, fuck this. And I listen to them like, yeah, actually, this is the this is what I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. Kind of major chord peppy. Someone's whistling. I uh, we should I should start (laughs) taking notes every time I hear these because I do track like mentally the trends in terrible uh you know promotional video background music uh which i really hate the strong i mean really the strong thing now is that or the the for a while i don't know if it's happening yet still happening now was that sort of the um you know dance clap uh genre um, yeah uh like you know edward sharp and the, the what is it most company zeros yeah well some of the lat magnetic zero no oh. edward sharp oh yeah and the magnet the... yes we should we should do a segment next time or sometime on uh <laughs> the various the various flavors available currently in the uh corporate bullshit music uh coffers and then we can yes. we can check back in a year when it's all done by ai and see whether life is better or worse <laughs> yes um well the the uh the point i was going for is that uh really a lot of the music right now was infected by whistling and clapping oh and that sure. is uh you know you you struggle to find a track where there's not like a breakdown where people are kind of like clapping like pump pump you know like uh-huh. and then someone starts whistling over a you know, yes muted yeah. muted snare mm. um yeah yeah anyway oh, i'll bring some, i'm so I can, glad i'm not a content producer for my job uh, I, I, I can bring some examples if, if it was totally up to me the one good thing is that there are a ton of uh lo-fi uh, chill beats to uh, corporate corporate content to tracks, uh-huh. um, mm. which I would put on everything if if possible. Mm. There must already be a lo-fi chill beats to to you know suck your own dick too. That is actually mm-hmm. just AI generated twenty four hours never stops. Oh for sure, yeah. I what's, what's... my suspicion is that all of that was always AI generated. <laughs> <laughs> it was it may have been uh programmed but in a different way let me put it that way i feel like the uh, apps that make that must be uh extremely user-friendly yeah uh, AI generated. Hmm. well there are lots of youtube compilations but i want the action oh here's a lo-fi chin yes here it is yes uh, here, should we listen to this? Yes. All right. What is this URL? Okay, lofigenerator.com. Free advertising on human-generated media. Hmm. 
Okay, let's listen. Oh, fuck you. Now we're going to listen. Here we go. One more. Okay. There you go. What, what, what? Rap horn. Yeah. Sounds like, I mean, I think you could really take this a lot further. Uh, we could have more than one keyboard patch, uh, that kind of thing. But the there was good punch on the beats. I'll give it that. It's such a stable genre uh, uh-huh. that it, it must be so simple to find, th- th- to build that algorithm. Yeah. No, and then, again, you can imagine it. Just give us a few sliders. It's like, you know, more uh, clap more likely or something like that. Uh, yeah yep minor key <laughs> change the tempo that kind of thing uh rain sound effect uh-huh um more drops yes uh, <laughs> uh that would uh, these are all things we could do um anyway tropical flavor um yes yes it is something we could do we should uh, yep. we should become rich doing it uh-huh. Um we've already got the brand to uh sell it under. Savage Beast AI. Yeah. <laughs> um S B A I. It spells bias, uh, if you rearrange it. There you go. God, um, now, now that I think about it, like I could it's interesting to think about like as just listening to a favorite podcaster like talk about non-existent things yeah like if i heard like like just uh infinite wars for uh for dan carlin to describe people dying horrifically and um. yes yeah that sounds appealing <laughs> like it just bill simmons get bill simmons getting mad about trades for yeah, that... 48 hours <laughs> you could actually yeah if it were trained well enough you, it would actually know sort of like the state, the current state of players and who's good and, you know, what, who, who's roughly uh, equally good to each other. So you could just, um, you know, tell it like, okay, imagine that the Celtics have traded Jason Tatum for Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, oh, man. And just. <laughs> Damn it. Put, put a little like real analysis in there. Yeah, give it two hours. Give me two hours of Bill Simmons just absolutely flipping the fuck out of it. 
this is worse than Pearl Jam's fifth album. <laughs> <laughs> this is almost as bad as Wonderwall is good. <laughs> just harden trade. Just put in the harden trade. Cut and paste that. You don't even need to generate uh-huh. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then see how close it is to what we actually got. <laughs> uh, what does Mark Maron talk about? You could just, you know, you could complain about his penis forever. I don't know. Well, you could have Mark Maron, like, interviewing Billy Corgan and the whole thing oh, yeah. be generated. Or he could he could interview, like, Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Although the difference being that for um, what these Pumpkins clips were is that obviously someone wrote those. Yeah. And the AI-generated part was only the uh, the the voice. Yeah. I'm curious, does the voice thing, like, you know, there's some, like, there's, like, dramatic tension to the way the lines are delivered, you know? Yeah. It, it's not just, like, a robotic clip. Is well, that part all AI-generated, or does is somebody tweaking settings to make that happen? From what I read about it, which, again, was on, you know, the people on Detforia who were doing it, it was about mm-hmm. finding the right clip to feed into it. So okay. I think it's, like, getting the tone right of your source material, uh, okay. Then so, like, it, if he sat, you find one where Billy is a little annoyed, which is easy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and probably some of that is if you get it pretty close, your mind will read into it some of the right yeah. tone. Yeah. You're yeah, like, yeah, sure. James sounds kind of annoyed, but yeah, you know, he probably with the same sample, you could make him sound like kind of happy, yeah. kind of bored, etc. <laughs> This is an AI podcast now. Um, sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, we could rack up probably more uh, sponsorship dollars from being an AI podcast than being a music oh, yeah. podcast. And listeners. People like fucking are going nuts about AI. I just went to my first like conference of the year. And uh, it's going to be all AI at every session all year, uh, at least in my world. Well, then we should game. switch to AI content. Let's do it. We got to get on top of that. Uh huh. Just, just like, review AI albums. That would be awesome. <laughs> I was. We're not just critiquing the, the computer's work. I was thinking about how we were, you know, when we started this podcast, like we were one of a finite number of music podcasts. Uh-huh. Really, the opportunity was there for us uh, to, you know, and that's no yeah. longer there. If someone started a music podcast now, they'd be one of like eight hundred thousand music podcasts. Well, our 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 girthy archive may impress somebody at some point. It's true, yes. Uh, especially now that it's on Spotify, everyone, mm-hmm. you can listen on Spotify. Please listen on there uh, before we get taken off. Uh, we we need some five star reviews on Spotify. Uh, I want to see bereft. if we get taken if we get DMCA'd for the lo-fi beats that were auto generated. That would be funny. <clears throat> um yeah i guess they're probably going to keep dmcaing us every time we put up a new episode which is more annoying because they only give you a few hour a few days to respond before they're like send you off to the artist to get sued ah yeah so you're really taking your life in your hands we are yes hmm. uh fortunately well, i don't think any legal address is associated with our <laughs> Yes, you know. Maybe we should form a, an LLC to uh, soak up all the liability into itself. Uh, yeah. Hey, I have an LLC, so we'll just assign this to that. Yeah. There you go. 
so we can only destroy your business. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, all the pass-through income from Savage Bees just worth it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm fine with that at any rate. Uh, yeah, when we put ourselves at real legal risk by switching to an AI podcast and giving people advice, uh-huh. uh, then we will we will do that. Yeah, yeah, let's be an AI investing podcast. So what's what's the level of panic around AI that you saw at this conference? Um, not panic, but a lot of like, you know, the typical thing that you get from conference attendees, uh, who have heard of a thing that mm-hmm. is new, um, which is a sort of like, somebody please explain this so that I, uh, understand what it is and what I should know about it. So that kind of panic of like, oh my God, this is another new thing that I have to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's like a slide about AI in every single presentation on yeah. any topic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it yeah. was it was DEI and sustainability last year. Mm-hmm. This year it's going to be AI. Um, yeah. AI. Yeah, well, we're going to need to have diversity in our AIs as well. I'm sure. Um, God, that's pro- oh man, you just you just made yourself like eighty thousand dollars. <laughs> I should, I should okay. Why am I saying this into a podcast no one listens to instead of on a stage at a keynote address? <laughs> we need an AI to generate like AI take angles. So Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna need diversity in our AIs is actually such a perfectly stupid thing to say. <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um, time, yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, I, it really doesn't matter. Doesn't it? Um, uh, uh, stock, stock music. Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be good. I think, um, again, not just talking about AI, but telling people where to invest AI. That's where you get the bros listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AI investor. Uh, I mean, the thing is also all the big investment house banks and hedge funds and whatever have to be doing all their trading probably with AI now. So. It's just all a machine at this point. Oh yeah, totally. And badly. I mean, yeah, I'm sure a lot of that is just a- absolute crap. Well, that's the kind of thing where you really could see uh, what people have talked about where uh the algorithms could get uh essentially, you know, inbred on their own output by, you know, to the extent that oh, yeah. uh trends in the stock market are driven by AI and the AI is then reading uh, and developing new techniques based on those trends. Um, it really might poison itself to death. And I could e- really easily imagine a major economic uh, or at least equity disaster happening. Oh, God. Uh, because of that. It feels so true. <laughs> we should write that screenplay um, with AI. No. Um, how, let's, let's bring it back around. How will AI actually ruin music? Oh, yeah. Oh, what level of fear was there in AI was, was your question earlier. It was, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, and I did hear one writer say, uh, like, she asked a question, uh, actually, after the, the presentation I was part of, um, saying, like, you know, as a writer, all this stuff about AI just, you know, hurts my heart or whatever. I was like, well, uh, I didn't say this, but, like, <laughs> you don't have to worry too much just because, I mean, maybe you do, but <laughs> I'm not too worried because the only, the, the kind of writing it's going to replace is the worst kind of writing to do. So, yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely i mean I, yeah I think- so how will ai ruin music um you know i think uh again like you know electronic music you know your basic dance thing like mm-hmm. uh 
DJs are in trouble. You're going to be able to just like turn on like the trance machine and it's just going to it's just yes. going to have a perfectly smooth DJ set of uh, yeah. trance house whatever you want it to be. Certainly um, a, a middle class of DJs is fucked. Yeah. Um, and, and which we'll, is like, I know a lot of DJs in two, or I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I know a lot of them. I know of a lot of them. Um, it's, it's sort of a career for a lot of guys who are sick of being waiters, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, those guys, yeah, are probably in trouble. Um, but on the other hand, I think they're incredibly cheap anyway. Yeah. So they're cheap to the point that they might not be much more expensive than paying somebody to come turn on the, uh, automatic trance machine. And hook it up to the speakers, so um, right. That person's just going to charge a lot of money anyway. So yeah, maybe maybe the DJs will be okay. Yeah, um, I've seen some great YouTube clips of of like uh, catching like fake DJs. Oh like, yeah, pretending. just playing mixes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, just they're just if you look up close, there must be so many guys anything. like that. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way to tell. I watch them. I'm like, I have no idea if he's doing anything. <clears throat> Yeah, no, there's, there's, I mean, and honestly, like I, if I just, I don't really even care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, DJ culture is, it's, it doesn't, it's great either way. Um, Other thing, ways that, huh? Yeah. I was just kidding. That's not quite AI ruining music though. No. Well, it's ruining music in a way for certain people. Um, Yeah. uh, AI, I could see a lot of, uh, AI based production techniques making music sound the same, but that already happened. So not really. I mean, it's happened in many, many cycles, many times. Um, I'm not too concerned about that. I don't know. The Um, algorithm, uh, you know, just obviously is already poisoned by AI and, and AI's, you know, uh, component parts and will continue, you know, I guess machine learning and, and such that like it'll continue to be uh uh you know feed people strange mix of music that is uh 70 appealing and in no way offensive and just kind of <laughs> you know that that'll be what what people listen to when they choose like artist radio on spotify or whatever will be yeah <clears throat> um but yeah people will probably I think, yeah, I don't think anything will actually uh, destroy people's will to make new music the regular way. Yeah. Um, We already made that a way to basically spend your whole adult life starving, and that didn't stop anybody. So so I'm not too worried about that. Uh, People listening to it, um, I can't... I can't imagine. I can imagine very easily for some of those, like you know, like we said, the repetitive, wordless genres. Very easily, I can imagine that being there, and I can imagine people having an interest and novelty interest in things like, you know, the the uh, AI generated Siamese Dream Two. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but honestly, it's like uh, there will be, and then there will be people who like you know, use AI for music the same way that it's used for, been used for images for the past year, um, where they, you know, sit there and fiddle with the settings forever, trying to produce something exquisite, which is, you know, approaching a a true artistic process anyway. Um, Yeah. So I don't really have a problem with that. Um, Yeah, there's something there where you see people like AI is giving artists this outline 
to follow where what they create is uh, doesn't have origins in the human soul, even though it it affects us uh, in certain authentic ways. And that could uh, it could ruin music uh, in a more subtle sense by um breaking your trust with with the artist um in a way that uh i mean I, you know I, people are already worried about people like looking using dolly and then painting from it which takes skill but also like i don't even see what the problem would be well no i i don't <clears throat> I mean the pro- you're right that's I mean that's why I'm saying it's more subtle it's the problem yeah. is where you begin to question you know the artistic purpose behind it not so much is it good or not but like uh to me the only question is when you look at the painting when you hear the sound what do you feel what do you think uh where it came from is uh interesting maybe but not as so. I guess is, this so. is my this is my thing. I mean, for instance, I mean, obviously, we don't call it art, but there are many things that have no human origin, uh, such as, you know, mostly thinking of nature that are very moving to behold. Um, yes. You know, so uh, it's certainly not um, hard to imagine that working that way. Um, well, I guess you would, you would uh, I admit you would have to get to a point where you felt like there was some palpable effect uh, yeah, from that process, maybe even happening over and over, you know, iteration after iteration, um, you know, losing, losing the connection to what uh, does make music. Good. Yeah, I mean, it, it's possible that it will start to make bad music, but even that I'm not worried about. People get bored of shit and stop listening to it immediately. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, if That's it's bad, true. people won't listen. <laughs> chat Chat GPT's uh, GPT's uh, main enemy is that people get bored as shit out of like making kind of funny stuff from it and move on. Yeah, and again, yeah. If there's AI music, like if it's interesting and new and good, people will keep listening. And if it's not, then they probably weren't listening to interesting, good. The people who keep listening probably weren't going to be listening to, you know. Um, Suddenly, I'm at a loss for avant-garde stuff, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <Apex> <laughs> oh well, anyway. let's get a let's get the AI to generate you something avant-garde. Yeah, yeah. So. I would like to hear like, yeah, like uh, it'll be interesting to hear if it doesn't if it's not out there already. Somebody's a- attempt at AI Apex Twin. Yeah, it'll probably be pretty pretty good music would be my guess, but mm-hmm. not. I don't know. I'll actually maybe I'll maybe I'll put this to the test on that and see what I feel. Apex Twin is an interesting. Uh, interesting one for it because there are some parts of that you think would be so difficult to get it to 100% with AI. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, he does things like he's not using regular scales at all. Yeah. Just, just almost random tuning. Um, And uh, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, maybe that's really easy to replicate or not. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's things like, you know, like zero is pretty much, there's not a single a hundred percent repeated measure in the whole fucking album. So yeah. Um, I, I mean, that's, that might not be a problem for AI either. Who knows? This, uh, my last, the interesting point is like, if, if you have endless Aphex twin, uh, 
an endless like nah, what number am I gonna pick? Eighty seven percent as good of Aphex Twin, or maybe even more. Yeah, would than you that. listen to that? Yeah, no, no. you wouldn't. No. I would not. I don't. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe I'll be proven wrong. But to me, it's like, well, there's plenty of A plus music out there made by humans. Why why do I need this shit? How close um, do you think you have to get to like a hundred percent as good as Aphex Twin that you'd be like, yeah, I'll listen to this like twenty four seven? Well, the question is, I mean, if it can, if it's actually a hundred percent as good as Aphex Twin, then um, if it's just giving me endless slight variations on stuff he's already done, but it's just as good, like that's not very interesting, right? Um, yeah, would, uh, yeah, yeah. You get to this point where you're like, where you know you have to call forth from the machine uh, a, a certain ingenuity that is. Yeah, uh, truly and, AI and an AI that is uh, more than intellect. Yeah, so that'll be, that'll be what's interesting. Can at what point in which media can AI pull off, you know, genuinely uh, surprising, exciting, and fulfilling artistic it, moves? I, I think um, where we, I think where we got here is that the a like more than the Turing test. The Richard D. James test is the truly terrifying line. I mean, if if <laughs> the AI can make uh, a great new Aphex Twin track, um, yeah, it's capable of a level of manipulation uh, that uh, should terrify us all. Absolutely. Maybe Brian Eno would be another good test. Yeah, but that's just indicates that the AI is is kind of. Then I'm like, oh, this AI is just one of our pret- most pretentious uh, idols. You know, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Is, is Brian Eno still alive? Oh, yeah. I would, I would be surprised if he's not trying to make AI music right now. Oh, I, still... I, he absolutely would be. Yeah. Oh, he's not even very old. No, okay. no. He's like 10 years old, less than 10 years older than David Byrne. So what is he, like 70? 74. Yeah, okay. huh yeah he's he's uh i think i think he's still just around being a dick to people on twitter yeah he looks good well yeah seven years ago but still well he's one of those british people that just kind of got sleeker as he aged right yeah well i mean he went from you know eyeliner glam gay kid to uh to bald daddy that's a nice reason to be super glam is that when you like transition suddenly to like cool yeah. old dude, it's really cool. Yeah. You kind of have a second. Well, but he didn't do it suddenly. Years. He had a huge nerd phase in the middle, but you know. How oh, did he? I'm when looking was... at a picture of him standing next to David Bowie where it like in the nineties where he just looks like, you know, a complete oh, herb. well that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll allow it. <laughs> Brian Eno, man. We should do a Roxy Music episode. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I was. I heard. Uh, I forget what the name of the album is. You would know. This is surely. Right. This is the most Joe thing. Uh, I heard a track from his soundtrack to some guy's Apollo documentary. Um, that was awesome the other day. That oh yeah, cool. uh, I I know of that's existence, but I don't know the name of it. Yeah, curses. There's a lot of Brian Eno to know. Uh, there is, but anyway, it was really good. Um, Apollo. he is fucking good, man. He <laughs> Apollo atmospheres and soundtracks. There you go. Yeah, 
what did I, which song did I hear? I don't know if I will be able to say. At any rate, I need to listen to the whole album because that was a really good track. And Pitchfork gave it a 9.1 out of 10. Um, there you go. I mean, really, it's kind of amazing to be... I mean, when you think about Brian Eno, like his entire uh, resume, if you like mm-hmm. produced many of the best David Bowie songs and many of the best Talking Heads songs, yeah. like, ah, man, pretty good. And produced to an extent that you were like, you know, uh, uh, an artist on the album. Oh, yeah. That's pretty no, impressive. I know. Uh, he's up there. Okay, so if you made like a sort of studio mastermind rankings of all time mm-hmm. in pop music, how high up does he go? I mean, pretty high. Yeah. I don't, <clears throat> I mean, I'm trying to think who would be there with him. I mean, I guess uh, George, so got George like a, Martin by default. Yeah, Nigel Godrich. He's been done stuff, lots of stuff besides Radiohead. Yeah, but even uh, him, I struggle. It's, I, yeah. Hmm. Um, he doesn't have like that second one. Like the, Bowie plus Talking Heads is fucking awesome, and then plus an amazing <laughs> solo career across many genres yourself, and being uh, part uh, initially of oh, like, an incredible music. band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he's uh he's very he's very high up on the uh, musical genius rankings, like po- possibly top five. I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm going too high, but he's like I don't know, he's like a person who like also every time he talks about art and making it, um, it's illuminating. So I have yeah. actually respect. Yep. There's um, a picture of him hugging or not hugging, but embracing Bono and uh, and Bowie at the same time. Wow. That's good. We should play some music uh, on this music podcast. Yeah, um, play some Brian Eno. <laughs> I'd play Brian. E- Wait, let's play. Uh, let's play a Brian Eno song from the Apollo thing. Yeah, we will. Okay. Cool. Unfortunately, I have to remember my password for this annoying shit now. Annoying shit. There's nothing. More annoying than this shit. Theme song.
10 out of 10 would moonwalk too again yes that rocks yeah um <clears throat> i think this came out like six years before the uh the movie actually did too which is awesome cool um let's see um how, how about i say and welcome to savage beast <laughs> uh, <laughs> and follow our socials <laughs> Uh, I'm Joe Gallagher, uh, and with me, uh, he really needs to put that cigarette out right now. It's Palm Cloud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Explo- uh, explosion sound effect. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, we could, you could edit that in. I might. Um, yeah, good to, good to talk to you, Joe. It's been a great <laughs> podcast so far. It has been. Uh, um, it has been. I mean, you know, I was ma- we I was kind of making fun of the idea of everybody talking about AI, and uh, it is actually a very interesting topic to just to just prattle about. It is because nobody knows anything yet. This is it's kind of like talking about social media in two thousand eight. Yeah, and I usually try to resist, you know, trend hype, <clears throat> but I see too many ways this is going to be useful. It's uh, definitely stuff is going to happen with it let's put it that way i don't think it's going to remake life as we know it but no oh but social i mean you know social media (laughs) social media ruined music too (laughs) yeah and i mean you know i thought social media was a pretty big deal at the time so i guess i I have a good sense for these things let's say yeah Yeah. um we won't get to a discussion about what effects social media actually had god what a boring discussion um <laughs> Paul, we had a few uh uh we had a few things to talk about, but uh um really we had a couple albums we wanted to discuss. Uh mm-hmm. you wanted to talk about uh your split second uh album reviews are, are you are you intending to share these on the uh on every uh, yeah they're just they're just here as like things to say um so yeah uh, uh how about at the very end i'll just give a list of these things and then you can chime in where you like okay you i added a few to the list so i did see that and then you know. i forgot to listen to it Oh, I didn't intend. I I don't. I didn't know if we were meant to listen to them or we're just gonna. Yo, the, yeah, it's just like, hey, here's things going on in my music. No, I'm gonna listen to them after you pitch them. Okay. Oh, okay. That sounds great. Did you have anything you wanted to talk about before we do that? Um. Well, we were gonna. Uh, I, you had your cool uh, the Oz tapes thing, which I did listen to. The Japanese band. Yeah. Uh, les, les nudes des whatever. Yeah, you 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 say it first. <laughs> Let's Wait, play. Let me let me read it. <laughs> I have to be looking at this at least. Okay. Uh, les uh, rises les rises de That's I guess that's got the accent. So you do say that. Denude. Les rises denude. But see, then I I don't know when they occasionally get you and you are supposed to say the S. Nailed um, it. Yeah. Le Rose Danude. Yes, uh, the Oz uh, tapes by that band. Hold on. Before, okay, so um, before we do it, uh, yeah. I uh, am going to um, 
I'm going to read a little bit of the New York Times article about it that that got me into this. A reading series, if you will. We'll do this for a minute. Uh, Makoto Kubota, still amazed by the continuing appeal of his old band, Le Rallezes de Nudes. (laughs) (laughs) An accomplished producer and band leader in Japan, Kubota spent just a few years in the early 70s playing with the rallies, which by Mm -hmm. the usual message of rock success barely made a blip. Led by the enigmatic, enigmatic Takashi Mizutani, the band emerged in the late 60s haze of psychedelia and radical student politics with a scorchingly loud sound, though it ceased performing in 1996 and the handful of raw recordings the group released went out of print years ago. Yet decades later, younger musicians now press Kubota for any information about the band, and fans around the world who likely cannot understand Mitsutani's cryptic Japanese lyrics declare on social media that his music has changed their lives. <laughs> uh, Sick. Yeah. Um, it means the stripped rallies or the naked rallies? I believe so. Um, yeah, no. I'm pronounced right, rallies. The, that word is pronounced rallies. The rallies is how we say it. We'll stick with that. Through bootleg live recordings with rumbling rhythms and ear-shredding sheets of guitar feedback, <coughs> which have been poured over and cataloged by fans, the rallies have come to symbolize both the sonic extremes of rock and the ways that online communities can nurture and amplify even the most obscure corners of global culture. David Novak, uh, associate professor at UC Santa Barbara and the author of Japanoise, Music at the Edge of Circulation, God damn, what, couldn't I just spent my life writing a book like that instead of all this dumb bullshit? <laughs> Not the podcast. Just the, that's a sweet gig. That is pretty fun. Cut my salary in half, but just let me do that. Um, describes the band's influence by referring to an oft-misquoted remark by Brian Eno that relatively few people bought the Velvet Underground's albums at the oh. time, but each of them seemingly formed a band. Uh, wow, Brian Eno also... Also he responsible that? for that that remark. That was um, him. It's oft misquoted. Uh, let's let's explore that. Yeah, I want to know what the actual quote is. That's that's how I know it. Uh, okay, my reputation is far bigger than my sales. Brian Eno said with a laugh on the phone from his home in Manhattan. I was talking to Lou Reed the other day, and he said that the first Velvet Underground record sold only 30,000 copies in its first five years. Yet, that was an enormously important record for so many people. I think everyone who bought one of those 30,000 copies started a band. So I console myself in thinking that some things generate their rewards in secondhand ways. Well, there you go. Okay, wait. That's how. That's what I thought the quote is. That doesn't so. seem... I guess it's misquoted in that it it's truncated... But okay. that's what it means. That's not. That's a paraphrase, not a quote. Not. not it's not misinterpreted. Yeah. No. That's that's exactly how I know. <laughs> um. Uh. The rallies. Uh. The rallies are like that. Like that quote. Uh, except that there was no record to buy. Novak said there was just this fantasy of some incredibly abrasive, mysterious group that created this wall of impenetrable noise. The power of that story drove a huge renaissance. And it talks about how uh, this uh, label, Temporal Drift, uh, which I believe was started by people f- related to the Light in the Attic uh, record label, um, uh, Here, came out for this. Uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, we get into it. Um, get into this article about how mysterious the lead singer is. Um, a, uh, a man uh, singularly devoted to his art. Um, 
During his lifetime, there was a silent understanding that no one would ever talk publicly about him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How did he propagate this silent understanding? That's, uh, I guess that's amongst his friends. The meaning of the band's huh. name is obscure. It may be an inside joke about suitcases or perhaps a reference to William S. Burroughs. Uh, huh. The name was under... Kubota said he never asked about it, but the name was understood to mean something like the naked and stoned. It's too embarrassing to say. So it goes on, it says, but I mean, uh, this is really the formula for like being like, holy shit, what is with this band? You know, I, I'm, I, yeah. I'm pulled in by mysterious... Ah. Uh, by, by yeah. Mystery. Well, I mean, yeah. To at least listen. when a band I'm is good, saying... you can start to you can start to accumulate these things for sure in the lore about it. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know, there's something about there's the allure of being one of the chosen who knows about uh, uh-huh. this this secretly amazing band that certainly appeals to my elitist heart. Um, underground Japanese noise rock from the '70s. I mean, you know, it's cool, man. Yeah. But is no, it it's... good? Is it good? Uh, Let's Is listen. it good? Let's, let's listen. listen. Let's listen. Uh, got a track in mind? Sure. Um, why don't we just listen to White Awakening? Here we go. According to Google, the rallies. According to the New York Times, um, there you have it. Maybe uh, a deceptively "quote unquote" accessible entry in their category. Yeah, there. it does get louder. Yes, but there are definitely songs. I mean, it's like that's not uh, a total lie. Yeah, I listened to their '77 live album, which also, I guess, was just. One of these re-releases, and uh, the wall of noise was bigger, stronger, 
but yes, this is this is a general flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it certainly lives up to its label, <laughs> Slender yeah. Japanese Noise Rock. I it does. It's awesome. Uh, I really liked this, and we'll be listening to more of it. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, uh, it's funny how je- when you sing in Japanese, apparently it just makes you sound off-key no matter what like genre you're in. Because like, J-pop has the same sort of like uh, sound to it when they sing. Off-key off key, off key to our white devil ears. Maybe, yeah. We're just two gaijin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Uh, but no, great album. Thank you for sending that to me. Yeah, it's fun. It's uh, you gotta you gotta get past the initial. Um, you gotta plunge into the cold, cold tank. But once you get used to it, it's uh it's real good. Uh, yeah. The second track on the first one's just sort of an intro, but the second track, uh, a shadow on our joy. I I very much enjoyed that. It just like yeah, it's just like yeah. You start out with some like sort of sixties, uh, you know, chill stoner rock, and then you just uh. You you start rocking out real hard a little mm. bit later on, and they're good at it. They are. Um, I see why people listen to them. We're like, yeah, this band fucking rocks. What yeah, do you mean? What too- do you mean I cannot buy any of their records anywhere? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, uh, not too different. Uh, a formula really from uh, this band Female Gaze that I saw fa- playing in one of my favorite local bars the other night. Mm. They just happened to be there. Uh, their local Tucson band that I did not know about. Um, but yeah, they're basically doing a similar thing in the sense that it's like uh, a drummer, a bassist, and a guitarist, and they're uh, they're playing songs, and then eventually they just start, you know, rocking out really hard uh, in a good indie style uh, at the end of those songs. Which, by the way, Female Gaze, I can't believe that band name was available. That shocks mm-hmm. me. You know, uh, sometimes you get lucky. I guess so. Like, just so obvious. Um, or if, uh, the, great or if te- the, pr- the previous one is, like, defunct. Yeah. Still. Um, uh, yeah. I uh, They had a good t-shirt, so I bought it. Nice. Um, yeah. It's great. Um, you should ask them if they know the rallies. Yeah. Well, the lead singer is uh, Asian American, so in a racist way, it makes sense. <laughs> Good band. If you want to, they have a band camp. If you want to check out Female Gaze, uh, I will. Um, yeah, Paul, you wanted to talk about a record, um, which I have notes on, but the name of the band, Alabaster which, De Plume. Thank you. Could not remember. Gold. It. Is I did listen album. to it. Sweet. Um, we'll play a track. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to listen to the first track from this one. And that track is called A Gentle Acaba, parenthetically, Vento M. Rosa. Hmm. Once again, Les Rallies are still playing. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I like that song too much. Um, yeah, that's uh, again Alabaster de Plume Gold. Uh, he is a British, um, apparently called jazz musician, certainly a saxophonist, which does tend to get you called a jazz musician. Um, but I wouldn't even call this jazz necessarily. I mean, it's jazz ish at times. It is jazzy at times. It is jazz. But there's also like funk or like that track, I would almost say like it feels more like um, somebody made. Uh, the incidental music from like a 50s era Disney movie or a 60s era Disney movie into an actually great song. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, yes. Like there's no, it's just sort of pretty. Um, but anyway, uh, this one was, uh, it just really surprised me when I turned it on, uh, how much it was grabbing me. And um, uh, once again, I find myself regretting that I never kept up with the saxophone because um a lot of really good stuff as i've said before has been done in the past decade on the saxophone and this guy really uh he really plays up the sort of uh, romantic um side of the instrument you can get a lot of soul out of it if you know what you're doing and um uh yeah it's just a it i found it a very uh strange weird at times almost off-putting but uh excellent album what did you think yeah uh it is uh a really cool example of that um phenomenon of jazz uh jazz musicians classically trained musicians just bringing that skill to uh pop music indie music and kind of crafting something that is uh firmly in the like valleys between that normally uninhabited valleys uh, and I really like that. Um, and uh, it um, uh, it is an example of what I learned is called Sprecht Song. Ah, yes. Yeah. Uh, which is, uh, you know, has seen a return to popularity. Um, speak singing, band's uh, pod favorite, dry cleaning, another mm-hmm. um, heavy user of this. And, uh, I really, I don't mind the trend at all. I uh, like, it's a lot of fun. It ha- it like propels the songs in a different way. Um, and it lets you kind of enjoy in a weird way. It kind of lets you, uh, enjoy the song as both an instrumental and a, uh, traditional, you know, yeah. uh, vocal rock track at the same time. Um, cause the, the things are, are happening on really different, a little separate from one another. Uh, and they kind of, or they, yeah, I don't know. They're, they, they don't seem like they require one another. They just seem like they get along really well and it's cool. Yeah. That does make sense. Actually. I, um, yeah. I can't really describe the rest of, I, I can't, I, you just got to listen to it and see if you like it. It's really, it's, it's difficult yeah. to describe. I mean, some of it's a lot of it. It's working with a lot of the palette you heard on that track, um, but it does get a lot jazzier and more aggressive at times. Um, and it's all there is also the addition of the sprach singing, as Joe says, uh, which is Alabaster himself um, saying some some poems that you know are like right on the edge of being precious, um, and are certainly <laughs> very. Um, so I've definitely made fun of empowerment pop, uh, on this podcast. So this is the thinking man's elitist version of that. Um, 
you know, the, the next track is uh, Don't Forget You're Precious. And that's pretty much uh, directly the theme of every lyric. Um, so, yeah. uh, and it's amusing. Um, it's also, you know, slightly, again, uh, maybe something you would see in, you know, it, it could also just be something nice your uh, lib lefty friends like to say to you to make you feel better in the group chat. Um, but um, he's just crazy enough that I think it, he pulls it off uh, when he's doing that. It's it comes from a from a uh, an inner mania that I think um, redeems it somewhat is was my reaction to it. No, that that's exactly that track was uh, I was going to say it's it's a little it's hard to listen to at first because it, it is so cringy and direct but he's also creepy enough and the music is so interesting that you're like oh yeah I'm, actually i'm gonna keep listening to this yeah no it definitely challenges you to uh yeah to, like, to decide what you think about this um, at least you're you're wondering why is he telling me this yeah i, I, I yeah but I then no um Ooh. yeah it comes again it comes from a uh it's genuine enough uh, and it's earned enough with the the quality of the art around it that it uh, I decided to to you know lean into self empowerment with it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just a really it's a long, uh, very very beautiful album. I need to check out what other stuff Alabaster de Plume has done. Yeah. But you put it well when you said it's sort of like right there in between jazz and like indie rock, sort of almost in a way that's that that. You will not be able to imagine it from that description, but it would make sense once you've heard it. And and uh, being in that spot, it it benefits a bit from uh, not being poison, irony poisoned, and yes, uh, full of disaffected. Uh, That's ennui, you know. Yeah, that is so well said. That's what the the positive case for all this uh, again potentially precious uh, self affirmation. Yeah is um yeah it's not uh it's actually really nice and refreshing to see something just be uh just be you know willing to embarrass itself um while having enough taste to know what embarrassment is you know some people embarrass themselves because they have no idea um yeah and uh he's just like fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna try to just be genuine and um you know it's not overly positive in that uh all the affirmations um you can feel the pain behind them that makes them necessary. So, um, yes, yeah, interesting album. I'm glad you you found that same dynamic. Uh, uh, you know, just uh, what's the right word for it? Not troublesome, but uh, yeah, uh, worth worth teasing Pen- out anyway. Penetrative. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, oh, Sprecht song. So that reminds me of, I've been thinking about Steve Taylor a lot, if you remember that name from our second episode, I think, uh, where I went through my Christian music Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about now. I I wouldn't have remembered his name, but I know the dude you're talking about. Yeah. I honestly want to do an episode where we play like four or five of his songs, because they've been (laughs) in my head. And he has one that's, uh, one of the better ones is, uh, I remember reading maybe in the liner notes of the CD my dad had or something as a kid, uh, like he uses the term Sprecht song to describe what he's doing in that song. Um, mm. And I've known that term from that since then. I'm trying to think what I could possibly have read this uh, artist commentary on an 80s Christian music CD in, but <laughs> there you go. 
There you go. Uh, the name of that song. We could close on it. Let's play that song at the end of the episode. How about that? Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, let's. Jeez, uh, there's a lot of there are a lot of albums on this list. Let's pick a couple of the quick. Yeah, albums that, that's right it's now. not supposed to be anything in particular. It's just uh, comments on albums I actually listened to all the way through. So, mm. uh, do you know who the Fontaines DC are? Uh, I don't know. I've heard their music before. They play them on Sirius XMU. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's like the, the level they are. They're like a, the most commercial band that would be on the Sirius College station. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. It was just... Um, I found it interesting because I turned it on and I didn't really know who they were. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I'd heard the name, and it turns out they've been on like Jimmy Fallon twice and shit like that. So that I count that as uh, yeah. pretty big. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, this album is actually—it's like a sort of straight-ahead dour, not dour necessarily, but like very serious rock album that is you know somewhat mainstream. And it's just like, all right, there's still people putting out pretty good, just you know, rock and roll uh, for mm-hmm. mainstream audience these days that don't totally suck uh, and yet aren't quite you know artists. Um, so that was interesting to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, int- yes. Hey, I'd, I'd check it out. I like their tracks. Yeah, you, sh- you should listen to it. See what you think. And then, uh, okay. Completely other direction. Kay Tempest. I've definitely listened to the, her albums in the past. I like her. She's a British, she's a, a British lady who basically it's just like, what if slam poetry were good? Uh, uh, the beats are like, you know, sort of interesting dystopian white person electro beats. And then um, it's her like, you know, sort of uh, Brit rapping slash slamming on top of it. But it's like uh, somehow she actually pulls it off again, a thing that perhaps uh, ought to be embarrassing, but I found enjoyable or interesting. K Tempest, the line is a curve. Good so, title. Yeah. yeah. Good title. Just a couple ideas out there yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, I'll, my, I'll throw mine out as I listened to Daywave's Past Life, which was released last year. I finally listened to the whole thing. Uh, and I just said, do you want to return to the extreme chill beach indie? A wa- uh, vibes, a wash and reverb, an unencumbered uh, by anything approaching an, an understandable theme. <laughs> You're in luck. I don't know. Uh, it was it was good. It brought me back to uh, uh, the days when real estate was uh, the band was uh, uh, yeah dominant. Um, although they're still good because they still play the exact same music. Um, uh, I was thinking chill wave because of your description, but the, so a little bit more rock than yeah, chill a little wave more was. rock. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Not um, uh, what's the fucking chill wave band that. The Portland yeah. theme song, dude. Yeah, I, Toro Imoa. Did he do that? No. Uh, uh, the other guy, whose name was, uh, he had an album called Paracosm, but his name was, his real name is Ernest. Uh, washed out. Yes, thank is that you. It? Yep. That's the one. Yeah, he's the most chill wave guy, if you ask me. So this is yes, this is not that. This is real estate, more like real estate. Uh, okay, man. Recently, uh, this will be my final closing comment. I was listening to a playlist that I found from 2015 
that uh-huh. I made for like a summer, somewhat summer party. I like made a playlist of like indie. Yeah. I just went back and listened to it and I was struck by, it was, it was really good. I mean, I made the playlist. Uh-huh. But <laughs> struck, I just felt, struck by how good you were. Yes. Yes. I, that there was an overall like indie, the indie pop vibe was so much fresher back then. Oh yeah. Know. Like we've, we've kind of reached the end of, of some of this. Uh, no, I agree. You know, the, and the bands that are just straight up playing like rock music um, or, or even going the other way, like, well, they're going singer songwriter or pop or just getting away from this mid tempo indie stuff. I, I think that's a little played out yeah. for now. Yeah. Mid tempo. Uh, no. Remember when we were in Oregon, I think, and we had like the serious station on and it was just like, mid-tempo indie the yes. drive yes yeah uh, no yeah. i i was i was over it uh at that time and that was two and a half years ago yep yep yeah um but this album's good okay that's enough yeah a good a good podcast a goodly size um indeed all yeah. generated by ai mm. yeah follow us on instagram people that's that's where the posts happen when they happen Leave us uh, an AI-generated five-star review. Yeah, and enjoy the very human Steve Taylor with Drive, he said, from On the Fritz, which I'm just going to actually play because okay. I don't listen to it. I'm stopping my recording, but you keep playing yours. Yeah. On a desert road that steamed the sky with the windows up in the air on high. I was off the stage, I was on the mend with a solo drive to a holiday weekend. My thirsty car came to a stop, but the reptile garden's curious shock when a wind came hissing through the vents and I felt my sneakers growing tense. My forehead broke in a cold, cold sweat and the rearview mirror was a silhouette. Then I heard the door locks take a dive and a whisper scream, don't turn around, just drive. Scratch, dressed in red, pointed tail and a horn-rimmed head and a widow's peak like Eddie Munster. I sat frozen in my seat the chance to meet. Uh, are you a singing telegram or something? He just flashed a hella smile. Let's go drive for a while. He held something in his hand I'd never seen before. It was my Chevrolet's pink slip. Scratch, evil eye. Stop on it for if you want to stay alive, he said. Don't look surprised. You know what I want. I've lived for years inside your trunk. So drive, he said. Let's get talking business, son. You ain't fooling anyone. I know just what you want to be. Now it's time to work for me, so drive. Oh. Oh. Oh.